Lovely day for tennis, eh? Game set and match. This is Tennis Talk Canada with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Well, excitement in the air. Welcome to Tennis Talk Canada. Jim Taddy, Ken Cressida with you. Ken is the director of tennis at the Mayfair Clubs. Ken, welcome. A Saturday like none other, just because we had a Friday like none other. This has been a thrilling week for Canadian tennis, has it not? Uh, I, I am, I'm still in shock about what I witnessed last night, both from Felix and Layla, and, and how well these Canadians have done all week long. And, and I want to mention, too, even in going down in defeat when we saw Rebecca lose and Vashik lose, just the classiness of how they've lost and, and the classiness of how they are both on and off the court. I'm so proud to be a Canadian tennis player today. And I have to tell you and our listeners, Jim, I watched those matches last night on the edge of my seat, standing up, walking around the family room. But... I woke up this morning to probably 40 or 45 text messages from different people from the tennis world, and without fail, almost every single text message had a Canadian flag embedded in it. So it is a proud day to be a Canadian. It's a proud day to be a Canadian tennis player, that's for sure. Certainly, and, and I, I can't remember the exact year, but there was the, uh, right around this time uh, years ago, and it's not that many, TSN went from TSN 1 and 2 and added 3, 4, and 5, and it was to debut, at least it coincided with the U.S. Open, and I remember the press release about how you could watch all the U.S. Open action on the different TSN channels, because now there are five. I don't know that anybody could have predicted that it would be a one-two punch of Canadian talent, uh, men's singles, women's singles on, on consecutive nights. I mean, this is just phenomenal television. Uh, you know, aside from the Canadiana, I mean, this this is this is something that nobody could have dreamt of. Oh, absolutely, I, I agree with that comment a hundred percent, Jim. And I I think we knew how good these young players were going to be, and we hoped that they would be on the main stage in the slams like this, but. But never did we think we would see, you know, Bianca, Dennis, Felix, Layla, Rebecca, Vashik, and Milos when he's held. Like, we just have so much depth that's out there. And to see them playing on Louis Armstrong and Arthur Ashe on TSN. And, you know, we had uh, the tournament director of the U.S. Open as a guest last week on the show, Stacey Allister. She's Canadian. She alluded to TSN many, many times and the coverage that they would have. And, and I think, you know... I know from being behind the scenes at the tournament in Toronto that it's not always easy figuring out who's going to play on the big courts because TV wants certain people, different countries are looking for different representation. But I, I woke up today and I watched those matches last night thinking it sure helps having Stacey Allister, a Canadian, as the tournament director of the U.S. Open because I'm sure she's putting her two cents in about making sure those Canadians are front and center. And not only is that helping to make them front and center, but they're pulling through in big moments, which is just incredible for tennis. Yeah, we'll explore that in a second. Racket Guys is Canada's largest selection of tennis gear at the guaranteed lowest price. Shop online at racketguys.ca or visit their Markham Superstore for expert advice. Serve a drop shot in your retirement. Let the team at Owl Mortgage show you how to ace your retirement with expert advice and a copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage. For your free copy, call Owl Mortgage at 416 633 
6-3. Coming up in the show shortly, Mark Rowe, live from New York, and also Stephanie Miles uh, at Open Court is her Twitter account. Uh, she is a tennis journalist. She'll be live from New York as well, and then we'll wrap it up in, in segment number four. Uh, I should go over. This is the TSN coverage for today. Um, as we speak, Bianca is getting set I'm just checking. It hasn't started yet, so Bianca's getting set for her third-round match. You can watch that on TSN 4, and it'll start in minutes. Dennis, third-round match against Lloyd Harris, live on TSN 4 at 7 today. Then we got a lot of doubles action. Uh, Vashik in his doubles match will be live on TSN.ca and the TSN app at 1. Uh, Gabriela Dabrowski and uh, her women's doubles match uh, will be on uh, live on tsn.ca and the TSN app at 3.30. And Layla Annie Fernandez, women's doubles uh, at uh, 4 on tsn.ca and the TSN app. So a full schedule of, of uh, things to watch on the TSN apps and channels. And there's a replay, actually, of Bianca's action today. If, if you're busy today, you can watch it again at 7 uh, tonight, so we are covered. There's no question about that, Ken. And it's just marvelous to see all of this stuff developing at a major event in New York City. How exciting is that? You know, Jim, I started playing this game at four years old at Heron Park Tennis Club in Scarborough and Tam Heather Country Club um, in Scarborough. And I-, I would love to sit here and just have you announce all day long all those Canadians playing across the board on TSN and. For me, uh, it just makes me so proud. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of being up close and personal with, with Felix and Dennis and Bianca, uh, Layla just once. But, you know, seeing them at Davis Cup, seeing them at the National Bank Open in Toronto, seeing them at uh, Billie Jean King Cup or Fed Cup matches, um, and seeing them at training uh, as well in, in Toronto and in Montreal. And, and, they're great young people and they're great ambassadors for the sport they're great great ambassadors for for canada so it's just incredible and you know we we've talked a lot about our singles depth and how well our singles players are doing you know tennis in canada was long um a, a real um powerhouse in the doubles so I'm glad you mentioned Vashik in the doubles Gabby Dabrowski in the doubles and, and Gabby in the mixed doubles her and her partner defeated the number four seeds in the first round playing against her um, ladies doubles partner in the mixed doubles they won that uh, seven six in the third set so you know we are still represented with lots of Canadian talent out there on the Saturday of the US Open so it's just amazing to see and I think this will be a nice breakthrough and give these young players a little bit more confidence as the hard court season continues and as they move forward to other Grand Slams it's going to give them confidence in each and every tournament moving forward for sure. So just to repeat Bianca getting all set to uh, start her day and it'll be on uh, let's see what channel that's on we're at TSN 4 uh, starting right now, and later on tonight on TSN 3 will be the replay at 7 o'clock. So just want to get that out there because people have things to do. It's the long weekend, but uh, you can't miss it is what I'm trying to say. So let's go through this. And I think, Ken, the, the theme, and, and you mentioned uh, with Rebecca going out in her first match and Vashik going out in his second uh, match, uh, the theme for all of this, though, is the compete level of the Canadians. I mean, you saw time and time again the, the opposition just get worn down, almost frustrated by every Canadian player. And in Rebecca's case, it was a valiant effort. She's up against the number five seed, had to qualify to get in, which is, story, which is a story unto itself, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it shows you what a funny sport tennis can be or how funny sport can be because Rebecca defeated 
in the last round of qualifying, the player that today Bianca is taking the court against on TSN4 right now at 11 a.m. She defeated um, Minnan, and then there, a player pulled out. Minnan gets in as a lucky loser, ends up with a much kinder, more gentler draw than Rebecca has, and makes her way through to the third round where she takes on Bianca. So hopefully Bianca's up to the task there. But you're right. The, um, Rebecca Marino played incredible against Svitolina. Svitolina, a former champion here in Toronto, uh, seeded number five in the tournament, an, uh, a relative newlywed to Gail Monfils. Um, you know, but she's she's playing really good tennis, and there was a, we had a little bit of a hope that maybe Svitolina would be a little tired because she was in a final leading up to the match, but that wasn't the case. She's been really crushing everybody she's played this week. But I was impressed with how Marina stood out there against her. She served big. Uh, the forehand was big. She's just got to gain a little bit more confidence and a little bit more consistency to play against the top kind of 10 to 12 to 15 players in the world. That's there for Rebecca, and she'll find her way with that. You also mentioned Jim um, Vashik Pospisil. What a story there, beating Fabio Fanini, the number 28 seed in the tournament, in five sets. Um, on one of the side courts, um, a, a great effort. He had Steve Nash, uh, one of the greatest uh, athletes of all time, as, as what Vashik said about him, uh, in his box. And um, unfortunately, it took so much out of him that fatigue played a big role in his next match. But totally impressed with how Vashik handled himself, out, handled himself in that match. He served big, he attacked big, and he kept the pressure on Fabio Faninian. When you play guys like Fanini, it can become a little bit of a circus. And uh, when you're out there, Vashik really made a point of staying focused, worrying about his side of the court, his game, his points, and he was able to prevail in a tough five-setter for sure. So we're going to go through all of this. Our, both our guests are in New York covering this. Uh, Mark Rowe, of course, for TSN, and he's done a nice job, of course, and Stephanie Miles for Open Court. So, I mean, this is an hour-long conversation about what we've seen this week and looking ahead to week number two. Uh, so I'm going to veer off a bit. I, I just love, Ken, uh, and are you going next week? Let me ask you that first. Uh, we, we've been talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nancy and I have chatted a little bit about going down to New York. Um, of course, I'm going to have to call on my good friend Stacy to get me some good seats down there. Um, but, you know, the crowds have been unbelievable. They've been huge. Um, I'm not sure I wanted to be there the night of the big storm and the flooding on the subways and things like that. Um, it, it, was, it was a little offside. Um, but uh, there is nothing like being at the U.S. Open, especially for a night match. Uh, every time I've gone down there, I've made sure I've had night session tickets because when you see a night match, it's really uh, incredible in New York. The no you hear it on TV, right? The, the umpire is always yeah. asking for quiet. There, you're never going to get quiet on Arthur Ashe Stadium. There's too many people in the stands. There's too much going on. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are great tennis fans, so they know to be quiet and to keep in their seat and those types of things. But a lot of the people that show up for the U.S. Open, especially for a night match, are there for a good time. You know, I saw on TSN last night, every time they, they put one uh, young woman and her, her significant other up on the, uh, on the camera, on the jumbo board there, yeah. she would chug a beer. So, you know, that's yeah. what New York's about. It's about the, the atmosphere. And uh, it's, a, it's a challenge for the players, but it's, there's nothing like it for a fan, that's for sure. 
Well, I was going to say before I asked if you were going, I just love the uh, the overhead shot of the entire facility. The I, I guess it's we'll call it the blimp shot, where it goes around. And you see how massive that complex is, and it's a night shot, which is just I mean, it's it's classic New York, isn't it? It, it absolutely is, and and you know those it, it's these facilities that house these tennis events, whether it's down in Miami or Indian Wells, even in Toronto. They're a lot bigger than you think because often as a fan, you maybe walk in, you sit in your seat, and you don't kind of venture out. But you have to venture around the, the grounds and sit in different seats at different courts. And the view's spectacular. Sometimes on the side courts, it's open seating. You get there first. You get a front row seat. You get right where the player is putting his towel or her towel. And, and it, it's really something that, that you don't get in most sports. I mean, you think about going to an NFL football game or a CFL football game or even a baseball game. Even the front row seats there, you're still quite a distance from the field. But you sit front row at a tennis match, and you feel like you're part of that match. You know, the serves are whizzing by you. Uh, you hear the, the grunts. You hear the squeak of the shoes. And it's really uh, something to behold. There's nothing like live tennis, that's for sure. Well, and it just seems like, and I don't know if those facilities, I'm sure they were constructed for, for television. I mean, that, that's why they're there. But it just seems to me the shots at the U.S. Open are superior to the other slam events. I mean, you get a real idea of the speed of that ball. The shots are up close and personal, aren't they? Yes, and, you know, unlike uh, 10 days ago now where Medvedev ran into a camera that was positioned on the court, the, the court's especially at Arthur Ashe and Louis Armstrong and their, their grandstand court, their main courts there. They make those courts a little bit bigger. There's a little bit more space. They, you know, they've got cameras tucked away behind the um, barricades for the most part, so it's a safer environment for the players. But, yeah, the camera work that the, that the team does down there, the camera angles that you get, um, you, you really do feel a part of it even sitting on your couch at home or your or your uh, lazy boy recliner if, if anybody still has one of those great chairs around you know it, it's it's really it brings you into part of the action because these facilities you're right Jim are made for the fan but they're made for the fan both when you're there and they're made for the fan sitting in their family room and living room at home because the camera angles and the and the what what they've done with the with the mics and the sound it, it's really second to none when you're at one of these big grand slam events that's for sure okay coming up next mark Rowe, live from new york city if you're over 55 you can access the wealth that is built up in your home with a reverse mortgage let owlmortgage.ca show you how with a free copy of home run the reverse mortgage advantage call owl mortgage today for a free copy the number is 416-633-5363, This is Tennis Talk Canada, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. Welcome back to this segment of Tennis Talk Canada, sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order. And you know what? I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. The planning process begins with you in mind. The Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. You can contact the Fox Group on their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter at P. WM. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Now live from New York, it's Mark Rowe. Mark, how are you today, sir? I'm great, Jim. Ken, great to be on with you guys. 
Our, our pleasure to have you. And first of all, I want to congratulate you on, on two accounts. Excellent work. And, and you have set two Canadian broadcast records, most consecutive Canadian wins, interviews at a, at a slam event, and most overall Canadian win interviews at a slam event. How does that feel? I, I didn't even know that happened. Do I get a plaque or something? Like, uh, they, I guess I, I, I guess they I think keep, it ends here. <laughs> oh, oh, it's okay. Well, let's, I guess let's celebrate and uh, look back at the good old days. Uh, thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate it. Uh, we have a great team here that's been working hard. We were out of here. We, I think we got back at like two o'clock in our hotel, and we were back here. We just went on the air at eleven o'clock. So, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And anytime the Canadians are winning, it's such a great story to tell. So before we jump on the Canadian wagon here, which I'd like to get to real quick, I'd like to ask you how you managed through the storm the other night. And, you know, I saw a picture on Twitter of Kerber sleeping in the gym. Were you able to get back to the hotel and safe and sound, your, you and your crew? How did that go? Ken, we got so lucky because that was the one night where a Canadian player wasn't playing in prime time. So we could kind of wrap up our broadcast, tape a couple of things that would run later that night and get out of here just before 8 o'clock at night. And so if we were here, say, just, I don't know, an hour or two later, we probably would have been stuck in Queens for the night. Um, it was, we knew the storm was coming. It was way worse than the tournament expected. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're talking about fatalities here uh, in Queens and throughout New York. Uh, it was um, it was like something that none of us have ever seen, like the Armstrong's an indoor court, I thought, you know, and they had to stop playing because it was blowing in. So um, luckily we've had beautiful weather since then, and uh, we got really lucky on that day. We were able to get back to our hotel. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Now, last night, Layla Fernandez down a set, 7-5, down a break, loses her serve at 5-all in the second set. Did you see that coming? Do you think the fans saw that coming? Layla seemed to think she was still in it and had a chance, but I, as a you know, a strong Canadian tennis guy, was kind of figuring out what I was going to have as a snack next. Yeah, uh, I you know I do believe Layla Annie believed like like her team has done such a great job at, at managing her expectations, but also having those expectations not be what a typical teenager would have. Like she she sets the bar so high. But, no, I'm with you again. Like, who saw that coming? You know, you're going into the match thinking, okay, it would take, you know, a huge effort to win. And Osaka's up a set, up a break. She's one of the best servers on tour. She's serving for the match. It, you know, it's over. We're focused on Felix at that point and doing an on-court interview with, her, with him. And then suddenly the tables turn. Felix starts losing. Layla turns it around. We're running over to Arthur Ashe Stadium to suddenly do this interview about one of the stories of the tournament uh, an 18-year-old knocking off a, a two-time U.S. Open champion. And uh, just so cool to see that. And I got flashes of 2019 with Bianca. You know, walking onto that court, a court filled with about 20,000 fans who were, you know, they're there because of Osaka. They're, they're, you know, she's the most marketable, most popular player here now that Serena's not playing. And for them to be giving Layla Annie a standing ovation, it was, it was something else. And I, I feel a real privileged just to have a very small part in it. Mark, I mean, it was clear watching on television. I, I just wonder if you could pick that up there, that, that when uh, Naomi went up 6-5 and struggled in the second set, uh, the body language alone told you that Leila Annie Fernandez had a real good shot at this. I mean, the, the contrast was startling. It, it really was, Jim. And, you know, Leila Annie, 
throughout her throughout her career, I guarantee she is going to give top players fits. A, she's a lefty. B, you know, she never she never gives you anything. Like she works so hard on the court, she moves around, you know, lightning quick. She's obviously not the biggest player on tour. So oh, oh, when when one thing kind of goes bad for Osaka, and as we saw, that's all it took, and she's obviously not in a good mental place at the moment. Um, Layla Annie was there, and she was there to take advantage. And she saw that little opportunity, and she ran with it. You know, she did it in the tie break uh, and dominated that tie break and then broke right away in the third set and seized that opportunity. Because if she gives Osaka some time and they're just holding serve in that third set, then maybe Naomi kind of brings it back together and, and wins in three sets. So um, pretty remarkable that a young player who, who really has had limited experience on tour still kind of a rookie in a way, uh, was able to, to sense that and to execute it last night. I agree with everything you said there. I, I was shocked that she was able to maintain that break in the third set. I mean, she served at 80% in the match, which was certainly a huge help, but still the pressure. And, and the crowd was really, you know, pushing for Osaka to get back into it. So i uh, totally impressed to see that. Let's change gears, Mark, and talk a little bit about Felix's match against Batista Agut, you know, he alluded in your interview to he's he's starting he's had a few of these where he's won a couple sets then lost a couple sets. We're really starting to see him come into his own and play beyond his 21 years, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And and for a couple of years now, I, I've heard from you know coaches and analysts about how. They get frustrated watching Felix sometimes because he's so great and he has all the tools. But when things go poorly, you physically see it. And also he can't find a way to dig himself out of that. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why he's doing well at Grand Slams because a best out of five gives you the luxury of finding, of having a little bit more time to do it. And, you know, I referenced the Aslan Karatsev match at the Australian Open when he was up two sets and then ended up losing in five sets and, and how that helps the young player. And we saw it against Verif at Wimbledon and we saw it last night. Um, and, and he knew that as long as he played his game and was able to be, you know, the aggressive player and execute his stuff, he could win. You know, and he was going to win that match. And for most players on tour, that's going to be the case for Felix. It's just, you know, can he overcome some of the, the valleys of a, of a match because we joke that there's peaks and valleys in a tennis career and certainly in a match. So I think that's a really big win. Hopefully having to play almost four hours won't be detrimental long-term, um, but he's also playing Francis Tiafo now, who also had a match that went to 2 a.m. last night and was a five-setter. So um, looking forward to seeing what Felix can do now in the round of 16 here in New York. Mark, just a couple of scene setter questions on the way out. First of all, the desk that you work on, where is that located? And give us sort of a, a geographical setup for how you have to travel around. We're inside Arthur Ashe Stadium, kind of. It's it's kind of part of the concourse, but we're elevated above the crowd that comes in. Behind us is the staircase. If you have, you know, a, an upper bowl seat, and then behind me is courts four, five, and six, and off to the distance it's grandstand and. You know, I can kind of see the plaza a bit. So we're right in the thick of things. Um, you know, we can get to Arthur Ashe Stadium, uh, the court of Arthur Ashe Stadium, pretty quickly. And then we, you know, Louis Armstrong Stadium is to our right. And we kind of just run around and hopefully we don't forget a piece of equipment. And we're ready to go and ready to interview a Canadian live on court, which is one of the, the great thrills of my career so far. Oh, I, I'm gonna. I was just gonna close on that. I, mean, I was gonna ask you to to sort of do a comparable, but this is um, 
uh, how do I describe this? This is this has never happened before. I mean, you must have a, a feeling of uh, almost like you're on a surfboard, just traveling along with the story. And I know you're grateful for it because that that's who you are. But it, th- this is fun to watch uh, for me, uh, just because you know I love the tennis, but but I love seeing you grow into this. Thanks so much, Jim. I, you know, I appreciate that. And this tournament is all about the atmosphere. And and every player is so happy to see the fans back after last year. So if we could kind of connect that energy here in New York to you at home, um, and, and especially when we're on those smaller courts, and you can hear the crowd essentially talk to players while we're interviewing them and yelling at those players, and you kind of react to that, um, it's, it's fun, and it almost makes my job a little easier because you just play off of them. You play off of the audience in a way, um, and that's something you don't get in a studio or you don't get, you know, uh, on a desk here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to do it. And, hey, as long as the Canadians keep winning, then I get more opportunities to, to try out some, some questions, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But, hey, that's the fun of live television. I think they've all worked. And by the way, on the way out, I want to thank you for cutting us into a busy day. Bianca leads first at 4-1 as we speak, and Rudy says hello. Oh, Rudy is, he is strutting around Stovall right now, <laughs> wearing sunglasses. i got to have a talk with him when I get home because he's expecting a filet mignon now for dinner. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Mark, thanks very much. Have a good day. <laughs> thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it. That is Mark Rowe, live from New York. At Mark Rowe TV is the Twitter account. Rudy is his dog, and Bianca did a nice turnaround. Mark threw a line out about her dog Coco and who looks after Coco, and then she asked, or he said he had, he's in the the dog thing now, and and she asked the name, and there was a nice little chat there at the end of Bianca's win the other night. I really enjoyed that, Ken. Absolutely. It was nice to see, and it just shows you what a good person she is, and I alluded to it earlier about how great these young Canadians are and how personable they are even in the heat of battle and, and the, these big moments that they're taking on, both the positive side and the negative side. And that was, that was fun to watch. And uh, I know he got a kick out of it, and there was some mention of it on Twitter. So it's nice to see that Rudy is now a star in Toronto. <laughs> he is. Coming up next, Stephanie Miles at Open Court. is a Twitter account live from New York again. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order. And I have to be honest, I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. The planning process begins with you in mind. The Fox Group inspires clients to achieve true wealth you can contact the fox group on the website donfox.net or follow on twitter at fox group pwm this is tennis talk canada tsn 1050 you're listening to tennis talk canada on tsn 1050 here's jim taddy this segment is brought to you by Scoglund Homes. Considering selling your home in the GTA, do not just rely on a strong market. Call Eric Scoglund and maximize your sale price with the Scoglund Homes comprehensive listing plan with luxurious staging, eye-catching video marketing, drone photography, and a large database of qualified buyers looking for homes just like yours. Call 647-300-7019. Speak to Eric directly or check out scoglandhomes.com to make the right decision around your largest investment. Bianca 6-1 wins the first set, and that took less than half an hour if my timing is correct. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. We go back to New York now, and we bring in Stephanie Miles. At Open Court is the Twitter account. Stephanie, how are you today? 
Oh, everything is dandy, right? Go Canada. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a marvelous week. I mean, when you look back over it, with the best hopefully is yet to come, what jumps off the page for you? Well, there's, there's so much. I mean, I guess it depends on, on what you're looking at. I mean, I think that, um, that both Felix Auger, Aliassime, and Leila Fernandez did some things yesterday that, that they're little kickstarts in your career. You know what I mean? Um, when you, when you look yeah. back to January, when Felix was up two sets to love to Ashlyn Karatsev in um, Melbourne at the Australian Open and lost it. And, you know, since then, he's come back in, you know, in the fifth set and won twice. And, and, and yes, last night in particular. And those are the things that make you leap up in level. You know what I mean? I think most people agree that he's just this close to being a really, really, really great player. And these are the little steps that you take that get you there. Yeah, I, I agree, Stephanie. It's, it's, it's a challenge sometimes. We forget that he's 21. He's been to eight exactly. finals already. And it's easy to watch him and go, how did you do that? But then you think, he's 21 years old. He's new on tour, really relatively new. There's still lots of learning to go into it. Well, you know, he's, he's young, but, but he's not necessarily young on tour at this point. And so that's, the, that's sort of the dichotomy with it because, because, exactly, he is only 21 and people speak about the finals that he didn't convert. And most of them, yeah, I mean, there may be one or two that I think he probably should have had probably in January down in Australia against Dan Evans. But Dan Evans was having a week, you know, and, and so I, I don't. I think that it gets into other people's heads more than it gets into his. Now, if he gets if he gets to 15 finals and doesn't make one, then you know I would say okay, probably his finals brain is exploding. But he is he's still very much a work in progress, and he has not as yet as Shapovalov has. Shapovalov has figured out what kind of player he is. Now it's just a matter of fine-tuning the skills he needs to execute that. Felix is not there yet. He's still his decision making. He's still decided. Should he be more aggressive? Should he, you know, should he come into the net more? Yes, he should. Hi, Felix. Uh, you know, should he should he play a little bit safer sometimes? Yeah, there are just a lot of those little details that he still needs to put into his game, and he still have another fifteen years. So I think that people just need to calm down. Yeah, I agree, and I, I agree with your assessment there. You could see last night where there was quite a few times he took a step or a step and a half forward and then changed his mind, and you know he'll get to a point where he just he knows it's the time to go in and he'll get better. Um, yeah, I mean, he, I, you know, when he was a junior, he did he 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 played this way. I looked I looked and I, even when he was younger, I looked back at some video of him that I had of him playing Stakovsky in the qualifying here about three years ago, and he was coming in all the time, uh, and. And so he can do it. And obviously he won the doubles here with, with Shapovalov when, when he was like 15. So he has the skills. And again, it's a matter of, of making the right decisions. So I don't want to pile on Naomi Osaka. Um, I want to actually speak more about the umpire. And I'm wondering how somebody can throw their racket or crash their racket into the ground three or four times in a match and not be warned, finally get a warning for smashing a ball into the crowd. It's not the first time we've seen this from some of the top players where they're, they, in my opinion, they seem like they're getting some preferential treatment from the, you know, the Nick Kyrgioses of the world and things like that. Yeah, you know what? Rules are, rules are rules, right? And rules are written down on paper. And I think that the better umpires make judgment calls on certain things. And this umpire is a very experienced umpire, 
And I think in the case of Osaka, she's, I mean, look, she should have taken a break a long time ago. I mean, she's a whole subject onto herself. And I'm, I'm just so disheartened by everything that's around her that has allowed, that allowed it to get to the point where it got last night and to the point where she has this conversation in the hallway with her agent about, oh, okay, I'm going to take a break now. I'm going to tell them. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. But she should definitely have had a warning and probably a point. But, but I think the umpire's judgment was that that would really accelerate and exacerbate the situation last night. And perhaps because there are you know, fewer people on the court with no line, line umpires, I think she just made a decision that she was just going to monitor it until, it, it, it until and when it got to a point of no return. I think that's a good call. That's a fair statement. Stephanie, let's let's talk about uh, Osaka's uh, post-match press conference. I, I I really applaud the strength of, of this particular player and and her ability to to put into words uh, what people uh, that have been I'm going to say trapped by their own success in the past have not been able to do. Uh, she's she was able to say uh, you know that she's not enjoying uh, the winning or the losing, and I, I just I, you, you could really feel for her. What's your sense of of what happens here? You know what? I feel. I feel. You know, just, just it was what three, four days ago that she came out and said she's decided she's going to, you know, give herself more credit and she's going to, you know, let things. Well, I mean, that, you know, she had a new attitude about things, and then you know, four days later, it is this. And here's the. I think we lost Stephanie. Uh, ben, can you try and reconnect for us? And uh, in the meantime, Ken and I will uh, will chat about this. I mean, I just I I felt for her, uh, Ken, but I also was relieved that she was able to articulate how she felt because most people, uh, when there are others riding on or, or supporting your success, I don't know what the right word to describe that is. They have expectations for you, and you have to meet them. Um, but if it's not making you happy. Uh, it eats away at you. I, mean, I just I thought that was remarkable that he she battled through and was able to to articulate all that. Yes, yeah, and it's it's tough to watch because she really is struggling out there. But you're right; it's nice that she could find the right words to kind of say how she's feeling. And when when somebody says when they win, it doesn't even make them happy. And when they lose, you know, it's you know they win. There's a bit of a relief when they and when they lose, it's uh, you know. She's really at a, a point where I think she needs to take a break and find, you know, find some time for herself and find some time to get to a comfortable spot. You know, I've, I've long said that I think hockey is the toughest sport to learn because you strap knives on your feet and you're going at a million miles an hour on ice. But tennis is the toughest sport to play because you're out there and the world is watching every little thing that you do. You're all alone. You're on a massive island, and especially in a, in a Grand Slam, you know, playing on Arthur Ashe with all those fans and all those cameras and all those networks that are streaming it, it's a real challenge. And, um, you know, I, I hope that this will lead to more help for players, more help for athletes, and uh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure that uh, uh, her voice will, will be heard and, uh, and help will be around the corner for many athletes because it's not just her, unfortunately. Uh, Stephanie Miles is back with us. Uh, Stephanie, I, I can't remember exactly where we dropped uh, the call, but uh, just maybe sum up uh, your feelings about what uh, Naomi Osaka is, is battling through and, and, and where this goes. 
Well, okay, we've got a problem with that. So, uh, yeah, okay, so let's move on. Uh, Bianca has won 6-1 in her first set and leads uh, one love in set number two. Uh, and so this is moving along as, as most thought it would. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I guess just to wrap up this, and we, we'll, we'll sort of sum up more in our final segment, Ken. Um, what, I, what, what really struck me was um, how the Canadians won and what they did to their opponents. Uh, certainly Dennis, uh, in his, uh, you, you, I mean, you could see the pressure that they were putting on their opponents where there was reaction. Uh, the, the opponent wasn't happy, and whether it's a racket throw or a grimace or whatever. I mean, the Canadians, for the most part, the, the four that are left, wore down their opponents, didn't they? Yes, and you know, years ago in Canada, we changed our teaching um, habits and how we coached young kids to play the game we started using the progressive method we started not caring so much about how kids gripped the racket and how kids got in position to hit the ball and we 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 kind of went away from the robotic look of of a tennis player and we're starting to see now with these young athletes what that has done and then as these uh, these players got older and it would have happened with felix and with dennis and dennis was uh, with his mother a lot more than he was ever with tennis canada but all of the teaching started to say we need to stay closer to the baseline. We need to take the ball on the rise. We need to keep pressure on our opponents. And we saw, we've started to see that. You saw it with Dennis's match the other night as he won um, a, a tight first set by a score of 7-6, but then really kept, kind of kept the pedal to the metal and won 6-3-6 love after that. We saw it even with, with Layla last night. You could see points where she served, she stayed tight to the baseline, she picked up the big return from Naomi and redirected it to the open spot. In the past, as Canadians, we tended to stay a little bit further behind the baseline, a little more defensive. Sure, that works for some players, but with faster courts, quicker courts, a lot of indoor courts in Canada, we knew that we had to kind of change how we were coaching and change how players were playing. And now, with the U.S. Open being a fairly slick surface, it's playing right into the hands of these young Canadians. So you're 100% right, Jim, in that, you know, Dennis, Felix, they keep pressuring their opponent. Layla, we saw it last night. Bianca today. I'm hopeful that Bianca can win this in two easy sets because um, I think the pressures can get to you in a grand slam. The, the pressures of tight matches, big points over and over and over again. She misses probably playing on Ash right now. But it's probably a nice thing to have a bit of an easy first set and hopefully a bit of an easy match so that she can rest up and get ready for future rounds in this event. She's let yet to lose in New York, which is unheard of. So let's hope that uh, keeps going for Bianca. Well, plenty to cover in our final segment that's coming up next. Looking to purchase a home in this busy GTA market? Do not get overwhelmed. Let Eric at Scoglin Homes guide you through the process. Eric's comprehensive buyer's plan takes the stress out of purchasing with great services, including virtual showings, access to exclusive listings from the top brokerages in the city, and a complimentary design consult once you have found your dream home. Buyer's representation is very important in a hot market, so call Eric directly at 647-300-7019 or check out scoglinhomes.com to get started. And did you know that a reverse mortgage can help fund your retirement? Owlmortgage.ca can help homeowners over 55 find out how their home can work for them. Call Owl Mortgage for advice and a free copy of Home Run, the Reverse Mortgage Advantage and you can call them at 416-633-5363. This is Tennis Talk Canada and TSN 1050. You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy. 
Well, if you're 55 and retirement planning is on your horizon, you should read Home Run, the Reverse Mortgage Advantage. It gives you the advice you need to make sound decisions about your future. Call Owl Mortgage to get your free copy today at 416-633-5363. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Final segment for Tennis Talk Canada this week. So, Ken, I'm going to ask you this. Um, when you look at the Canadian representation, the four left, and Bianca, by the way, just let me do a quick update here while we mumble. Uh, Bianca, 6-1 and 3-love, so on her way. Um, to me, this uh, there's there's a four-headed monster here, and I say that with all due respect and in the most positive of, of ways, um, the, 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 there's a team identity. Uh, this is a relentless group of tennis players, not to exclude those that aren't there, but the four that are left, relentless, they're going to give you a battle all the way through it, and I, I think this is a new identity is it not yes it certainly is and it's an identity that's growing quickly too across this country and they're grabbing fans each and every time they step out on the court and you know we've seen it in past years where people flock to tennis because of personalities whether it was a Nick Kyrgios or a John McEnroe or a Jimmy Connors but now we're seeing Canadians flock to tennis because of Canadians and I can honestly tell you that's never happened before, other than maybe a little bit with Jeannie, maybe a little bit with Carling Bassett. But now, you know, with Milos, yes, but he, you know, we, the, the normal player couldn't really kind of settle in with him because of that big monster serve. But these guys, they've got a lot of tools in their toolkit, and they've got speed, they've got flair, they've got power, they've got, they, they can serve and volley. They really got a little bit of everything. I mean, Leila Fernandez served at 80% first serves last night against Osaka, playing the number three player in the world, uh, a defending champion at the U.S. Open, playing on the main stage, and she serves at 80%. That's unheard of. And, um, you know, fans are flocking to watch Bianca, but they're also flocking to watch Leila, Felix, So it's it's pretty incredible to see. Yeah, I think we had a, a bit of a burp there, so I apologize to our listeners. Uh, lost signal. I don't know if it was me or over the air, but anyways, we'll we'll press on. We've got about a minute left. Um, Sissy Pass. So another three seed goes out last night, and uh, that was a battle too, wasn't it? Okay, so we're having a problem with uh, with Ken's hookup. So just want to go over this again in our final moments before we say goodbye. To see. Uh, Bianca. Okay, Bianca went six one leads three love. Ken, uh, I'm going to say goodbye for now because uh, we're having a problem with your uh, your connection. Don't know what that might be, but uh, that's just the nature of the beast. So again, I'm just going to run over in the final seconds of what you can watch on. TSN today, marvelous tennis coverage. And so right now, uh, of course, underway, Bianca on TSN 4. And again, 6-1-3 love is her lead there. It looks like on her way to a straight sets victory. Dennis will play Lloyd Harris on TSN 4 at 7 tonight. And we've got doubles action. Uh, Gabriela Dabrowski and Leila Annie Fernandez all on the TSN.ca or TSN app as they happen all afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Tennis Talk Canada.